territory, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. As we walk with the Father, we're finding more things we need to unlearn. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. As we study His Word, we're learning to replace those practices and behaviors with instructions that will lead to eternal life. You can email us at redpiltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpiltorah.podbean.com. Find us at our website, www.redpiltorah.com, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Deezer, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Pandora, Tumblr, and YouTube. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shout out to our listeners in Massachusetts and Mexico. Amen. The Torah readings for this month are still in the book of Leviticus. If you've been listening to us for a while, you know that Leviticus is all about holiness, being set apart, and being different from the world around us. Believers in the Elohim of Israel are not to be different just for the sake of being different. We are to be different because Elohim is different. For our newer listeners, Elohim is the Hebrew way of saying God. We prefer the Hebrew way because it's the way the Creator referred to Himself in the original Hebrew language. Sometimes, people can refer to God in a generic sense, but they're not necessarily referring to the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Elohim of Israel. To be sure it's clear who we're talking about, and to set them apart from anyone or anything else. For our Christian friends, we usually call them Elohim. Mm-hmm. This week's Torah portion includes Leviticus chapter 18. Its messages are probably crystal clear to those who were taught the Torah since they were a child. I see now why the apostles in Acts chapter 15 reasoned that the Gentile believers should go to the synagogue on the Sabbath to hear Moses taught. Gentiles grew up with values, judgments, and laws that were completely different from the instructions of Elohim. They had a lifetime of pagan practices to unlearn in order to be a part of this new community of believers. What Jehovah said in Leviticus 18 is still relevant and vital for us today. Starting at Leviticus 18, verse 1, it says, Jehovah said to Moshe, Speak to the people of Israel. Tell them, I am Jehovah, your Elohim. You are not to engage in the activities found in the land of Egypt, where you used to live, and you're not to engage in the activities found in the land of Canaan, where I'm bringing you. Nor are you to live by their laws. You are to obey my ruling and laws and live accordingly. I am Jehovah, your Elohim. You are to observe my laws and rulings. If a person does them, that person will have life through them. I am Jehovah. The scripture starts with, Speak to the people of Israel. Now we remember the story from Exodus 20, when Elohim spoke the Ten Words, or the Ten Commandments from Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. Starting at verse 18, we read, All the people experienced the thunder, the lightning, the sound of the shofar, and the mountain smoking. When the people saw it, they trembled. Standing at a distance, they said to Moshe, You speak with us, and we will listen. But don't let Elohim speak with us, or we will die. Moshe answered the people, Don't be afraid, because Elohim has come only to test you and make you fear him. 
so that you won't commit sins. So the people stood at a distance, but Moshe approached the thick darkness where Elohim was. Jehovah's response to Israel's reaction is recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Reading from verse 22, Moshe said, These words Jehovah spoke to your entire gathering at the mountain from fire, cloud, and thick mist in a loud voice. Then it ceased, but he wrote them on two stone tablets which he gave to me. When you heard the voice coming out of the darkness, as the mountain blazed with fire, you came to me, all of the heads of your tribes and your leaders, and said, Here, Jehovah Eloheinu, or our Elohim, has shown us his glory and his greatness. We have heard his voice coming from the fire, and we have seen today that Elohim does speak with human beings, and they can still be alive. But why should we keep risking death? This great fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of Jehovah Eloheinu anymore, we will die. For who is there of all humanity that has heard the voice of the living Elohim speaking from the fire as we have and stayed alive? You go near and hear everything Jehovah Eloheinu says. Then you will tell us everything Jehovah Eloheinu says to you, and we will listen to do it. Hmm. So continuing at verse 28, Moshe said, Jehovah heard what you were saying when you spoke to me. And Jehovah said to me, I have heard what this people has said when speaking to you, and everything they have said is good. Oh, how I wish their hearts would stay like this always, that they would fear me and obey all my mitzvot or commandments, so that it would go well with them and their children forever. Now from this scripture, we know that Jehovah's desire for Israel was that we would fear or deeply respect him and obey his instructions. Mm -hmm. The reason was for Israel's good, so it will go well with them and us forever. Having things go well forever implies spending eternity with Jehovah. Now that is the ultimate in salvation, or in the Hebrew language, the ultimate in Yeshua. Don't miss how the scriptures are reconfirming each other here. Salvation, or Yeshua, is the intended outcome of following the Torah, Elohim's instructions. Amen. If you haven't already heard it, please check out our episode number 48, Is Christ the End of the Law? In that episode, we see that the Messiah is the end goal of the Torah, not the end. Now, I'm sure that when Israel heard Jehovah's voice and saw the fire and felt the earth trembling, they were acutely aware of their own shortcomings. Their fear is understandable. We need more of that type of fear today and reverence for our Elohim. The first thing he told Moses, well, the first thing he told Moses to tell Israel was to remind them who he is. He said, I am Jehovah, your Elohim. Israel was to remember who he is to remember who he is to them and to remember their responsibility to him. This applies to us as believers today because we're connected to Jehovah by covenant. We are to put his instructions in the proper context, meaning that they are to be of utmost importance to us, mm -hmm. not optional. Jehovah opened with the same words he used to introduce the 10 words or the 10 commandments. He said, I am Jehovah your Elohim. 
That means that he is about to say something as important as the Ten Commandments. Wow, Mama. That is a powerful way to get our attention, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So next came the instructions. He said, You are not to engage in the activities found in the land of Egypt, where you used to live, and you are not to engage in the activities found in the land of Canaan, where I'm bringing you. We know the fact that everyone else is doing it doesn't fly with Elohim. Nope. We may live among people who do things Elohim doesn't respect, but that does not give us license to compromise or conform. You know, I think we talked about that in our last podcast. Mm -hmm. For us as believers, we must beware the progressive nature of sin. Gateway sins that seem like a small matter may lessen our sensitivity to greater sins. Maybe in the past, we came as close to the line as we could without going over the line. But today, the ground is tilting under our feet pressuring us to transgress or cross Elohim's line. Societal norms and values are becoming more perverse and even hostile towards the instructions of Elohim. It's as if we are no longer free to choose to not do what the world does because not participating means that we're judging the people who are. Tim, Hebrews 11 verse 7 says, By faith, Noah, after receiving divine warning about things as yet unseen, was filled with holy fear and built an ark to save his household. Through this faith, he put the world under condemnation and received the righteousness that comes from faith. In other words, Noah's faith-based actions showed that he knew the whole world was under condemnation or righteous judgment. Mm -hmm. Believers today are like Noah urging people to get into the ark of safety and to avoid the wrath that is coming. In verse 4, Jehovah said, You are to obey my rulings and laws and live accordingly. I am Jehovah, your Elohim. You are to observe my laws and rulings. Listeners, if you missed it, check out episode 38, Blessed Like Abraham. It describes in some detail the difference between Elohim's laws and rulings giving the Hebrew word used to describe each one. Here is the difference. Elohim's laws have a rationale or a belief we can understand. Instructions like, thou shalt not steal, are clearly meant to ensure people respect each other's property, helping us to live together in a trust-based community. In contrast, Elohim's rulings are instructions for which we may not understand his rationale. For example, Israel was instructed to not wear fabrics made of mixed materials. We are not told why Elohim does, doesn't want Israel to do this. Regardless, it is to be obeyed. Amen. Isaiah 55 gives something that may be as close to an explanation as we're going to get for Elohim's rulings. Starting at verse 6, it says, Seek Yehovah while he is available. Call on him while he is still nearby. Let the wicked person abandon his way, and the evil person his thoughts. Let him return to Jehovah, and Jehovah will have mercy on him. Let him return to our Elohim, for he will freely forgive. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways, says Jehovah. As high as the sky is above the earth are my ways higher than your ways 
and my thoughts than your thoughts. Elohim does not prioritize laws over rulings or rulings over laws. We are to obey them equally. Amen. Verse 5 in Leviticus 18 says, If a person does them, meaning Elohim's judgments and rulings, he will have life through them. I am Yehovah. The instructions of Elohim were given to bring life, not death. Unfortunately, some people have assigned a sinister character to our Elohim that suggests that he gave instructions to kill us or to harm us in some way. He sent his only unique son to save us from sin, not to save us from his own instructions. Instructions, by the way, which the son followed and encourages us to follow, even today. So what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and bow to the peer pressure of those around you, doing and saying things that you know are the opposite of Elohim's instructions? Or would you take the red pill and acknowledge Jehovah as your Elohim and King by following His instructions? We are to joyfully, wholeheartedly follow His instructions we are not to straddle the fence or take a this-is-good-enough mindset. Imagine a wife telling her husband that she would like to do more things together and the husband replying with, hey, at least I don't cheat on you. <laughs> wow. Yikes. Eliminating the negative is not enough for followers of Elohim. We must strive to do the positive, that good, perfect, and acceptable will of Elohim. Don't just reject the ways of unrighteousness. Actively embrace and follow the instructions of Elohim. Well said, Daddy. Thanks, Mom. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we shared and talk about it with your family and friends. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour where you can handle the truth. truth.